Hey, what is going on, guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here to break down the nine-game NBA main slate on Friday, TGIF. If you guys are new to the channel, welcome. My name is DK. I make content for NBA uh, for prize picks for uh, daily fantasy sports and for NBA Top Shot slash NFL all day. Uh, the sponsor of this video, guys, is Roast Umber. If you're a big coffee lover, you got to give it a try. Local company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, these guys are big DFS players as well, and we're going to be looking to do some, some giveaways in the near future, so be on the lookout for that. But you can use my discount code DKDFS for 20% off your order. You will not be disappointed, I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, a lot of different options, so check it out. Again, link is in the description below. Um, but, all right, let's get into this video. Oh, and if you want to sign up for premium content, I offer that patreon.com. Again, this month only is eSports free for everyone that signs up. And yeah, an NBA package that includes main slate and uh, the late show on slate as well. So let's take a look back at my lineup here from tonight. So start uh, the week-long break, which held forever, with a nice tilt. So let's go over my lineup. It was looking really good going into the late games. Uh, so Rondo Booker, Kate Cunningham, Cam Johnson, Capella, Trey. Three of 17. Are you serious? Three of 17 shooting for Trey Young. I mean, I can't tell you how many times this guy's burned me when I have not played him. You know, I've faded Trey Young a good amount this year. Every time I do, 50 plus. Finally buy into him in a 240 over under with no John Collins. Three of 17 shooting. Unreal. So I went over on Patreon what I thought was the optimal. That was. Trey Young, who was popular, as he should have been, but again, had just an awful, awful shooting game. Devin Booker and Nicole Jokic with value. So the value likes like Rondo and Cam Johnson and James Johnson. So I kind of went over the optimal. Um, I think if I would have played the optimal, uh, probably would have cashed in tournaments. But I want a little bit contrarian. Again, I never want to play all chalk. So what I did was I faded chalk Jokic. I knew it was going to be a scary fade. Well, let me just tell you this. Okay, so I'm walking home from the gym, and... I see uh, the games have just started. It's like six minutes in, seven minutes in. I checked the Portland game first. I see Josh Hart is like eight points, two assists, and a board um, in like the first six minutes. I'm like, well, let's go. This is big. This is big. Then I check Jokic, and he has like nothing. He had like, there was like three minutes to go in the first quarter. I think he had three points, two boards, and two assists. And I'm like, yes, I am getting so lucky to see Jokic fade. Let's go. And then I checked the peripheral stats. He has like three steals and three blocks already in the first quarter. I was like, he already has 20 points basically just on steals and blocks alone. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then the top it all off again, I'm not mad about the Josh Hart blowout, but blowout doesn't play in the fourth quarter. I knew that was the risk. I talked about it on Patreon how, you know, I like Simons and Hart, but there was some blowout risk and the game blew out. So I knew that was definitely a possibility. Um, no regrets going there. Again, it got hard on pretty low ownership. Um, and did not play in the fourth quarter. Here we go. Here's another one. Trent Watford. Okay, so number one, you're really starting Drew Eubanks. They just signed. I thought it was a two-year deal. It's a four-year deal. You just signed young Watford to deal, okay? I'm like, like okay, you sit Nurkic out for, out for at least uh, four weeks. Let's give the young guy that we just signed a four-year deal to start. Drew Eubanks on a 10-day contract. Throw him in the starting line. Looking at this, I'm just like, is this seriously happening? Like, they're really starting Drew Eubanks on a 10-day contract over Watford, who they just signed to a four-year deal. Unreal. 
And then, so Watford gets in some foul trouble, and the game's blowing out, okay? So the game's, like, obviously a massive blow in the fourth quarter. I'm like, okay, well, at least I'm going to get Watford blowout run. No, no, no. He picked up his fourth foul. Again, it's a massive blowout. What is Chauncey? He pulls him. He pulls him with four. It's like the game is already over. You mean to tell me that you don't start him number one, and then you're just not going to play him in the blowout because he has four fouls. He checked back and it was like one minute to go in the fourth quarter. Like, oh, thanks for one minute of garbage time. Unreal stuff. Kate Cunningham also had like four points taken away from him at the end. He had like 40. I don't know what happened there. Um, but yeah, it was looking really good, right? Uh, Capella um, had a really solid game. Again, Cam Johnson, Booker, Rondo, all smash. But Trey Young, three of 33 shooting. Uh, Josh Hart blowout, which again, I'm not... I knew that was the rest. The Wofford minutes, like, come on now. That blowout run, that's just a little bit unreal. Like, out of this world, what I saw, and I I see Watford check out of the game in a blowout because he has four fouls. But, um, yeah, guys, that's a look back. I just missed in tournaments by a few points. Um, Again, no no Josh Hart blowout there. Probably would have cashed or just an average game from Trey Young easily would have cashed, so... It is what it is. Uh, this is the winning lineup in high stakes. So, um, oh, I actually passed. So it was Rondo, Booker, uh, K, James Johnson. Uh, oh, oh, okay, this is another one. So, well, actually, I thought I had James Johnson in my lineup. He was in my original lineup. Um, I thought he's in my lineup. And then I see, I, I see he picks up three fouls in five minutes. I'm just like, are you serious? So I'm getting ready to tilt tweet. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I don't have my lineup. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And I'm like, oh, he's pretty popular. This is actually good. You don't want to know what happens? Stays in the game with three fouls. Three fouls in five minutes. Chalk. Like, you can't make that stuff up. If I have a player pick up two fouls in the first quarter, he's out until halftime. Chalk James Johnson, three fouls in five minutes? Leave him in the game. Play him the whole game. I mean, really, come on with that. Um, let's see. What else? Sabonis was an absolute smash. He stayed out of foul trouble. I liked him as a contrarian play. He went off. Uh, Gallinari, actually was debating between him and Cam Johnson. I think they scored the exact same. And then Gary Payton, it was either him or Watford for me. I went to Watford. They were both pretty popular. Both were fine. Again, Watford getting no blowout run was tilting. Um, but yeah, ownership, no real surprise. Clint Capella, Chalk, and high stakes, 40%. This is a $2,000 entry, by the way. 40% Capella. 40% Troy Young, no surprise. He's a great play on the slate, just awful, awful shooting game. Uh, Cam Johnson, 60%. Devin Booker, 93%. And Rondo, 100%. So uh, a lot of very chalky plays in, in high stakes for sure. But yeah, guys, that is it for the look back. So let's move on to this nine-gamer. We'll start off with Toronto. So we have Fred Van Fleet currently listed as questionable. Now, I'm fully expecting him to play. He played in the All-Star game. He went through practice on, what was it, Thursday? So uh, I think he's going to be full go. Uh, but we'll keep eye on this news and see if there's any limitations. Knowing Toronto, though, knowing Toronto, though, there will be no limitations. But yeah, assuming he's good to go. I mean, Siakam and Van Fleet both look pretty good. I love targeting players against the Charlotte Hornets defense. I play no defense. So Siakam and Van Fleet both look pretty good. As far as the secondary options go, like Trent, Ananubi, and Barnes, they're all more just kind of filler plays for me. I'm not going to say no to these guys. Like, they all should play low to mid-30s minutes. Uh, but, you know, with their price points, there's not one that really stands out to me. And then the bigs, it's going to be hard to get to. They just have too many bigs now. Like, Boucher is a guy that does have upside, but, like, they just don't want to play him minutes. It's just, it's hard to feel confident about anyone else other than the starting five here uh, for Toronto. 
On the Charlotte side, so Gordon Hayward is still out. We do have Cody Martin, though, coming back. And he's a guy I expect to be in this rotation, so I expect him to um, you know, come off the bench and get some minutes for sure. So that's definitely going to affect some of these secondary plays here on the Hornets. It's a tougher spot. You know, we have Bridges and Rogier around 8K, Lamella almost 10K. No one really stands out for the main guys. Oubre probably loses minutes with um, Cody Martin back. Now, we did see Montrez Harrell play like 52 minutes last game. Um, now, I think that went to overtime. It did. It went to double. Okay. Double overtime, Miami. That was, that was, that was the slate before, um, for, before the break. I fade the Miami guys. Massive chalk. They get double overtime to bit. Uh, so I'm still tilted about that too. But yeah, Harrell, he'll split time with Mason Plumley. I don't expect 30 plus minutes like we got from him last game. There's really not much on the Charlotte side I like. San Antonio and Washington. So John Murray, um, obviously is the go-to guy at, at a price at almost 11K. It's a little bit hard to prioritize him, but I think he's a good GBP player. You know the ceiling is there. Uh, but at 11K price point, again, like I said, it's, it's hard to to feel really good about him. Jakob Pertl, 7-3, feels priced about writing. I like the spot. He has flashed some upside. I think Keldon Johnson, Vassell, are solid plays in the mid-range. I expect, you know, mid-30s minutes from Keldon Johnson. We probably get around 30 minutes from Devin Vassell, who's been starting with Derek White um, no longer on this team. So 30-plus fancy points in four of the last five games there for Vassell. Don't know if we get to anyone else. Like I'll mention Lonnie Walker off the bench at 3-9. His minutes have kind of been fluctuating, but we have seen 30, 26, and 28 minutes over the last three games. So I think he's the guy off the bench I would consider. On the Washington side, my boy, Kuzma, with no Porzingis. Um, I think he looks pretty decent. I don't know if he's going to be super popular, but you know he's going to bend a little bit up and out. I like the matchup, though, and he's going to have to do everything for this team. So if this game stays competitive, we're probably seeing you know 38 minutes from Kyle Kuzma. So um, I, I have some interest in him, even at 8.9K. As far as the rest of the Wizards go, it's hard to get to Denny and KCP at like 5K. Neto and Ish will split the point guard duties. Neither really stand out. Now keep an eye on Thomas Bryant, who's he's currently questionable. If he can't go, my guess is they start, where is he? Gafford at 3-4. And if that's the case, I think he's going to become a pretty decent value play. Um, so keep an eye on that. And then I would assume that um, Rui would play the uh, the backup five role. So um, again, monitor the situation or monitor the news there with Thomas Bryant, OKC, and Indiana. So um, Shea Gillis Alexander, well, in his first game, he played pretty big minutes. It's not updated. I think he played like 35 minutes in this game. Um, now it is a back-to-back and he had been injured for, you know, a long time prior to the break. So, you know, maybe they somewhat take it easy in his minutes, which I think makes him just a tournament only play. Giddy at 8-3 actually had a pretty good game with SGA in, but again, it feels priced about right. I don't really want to get to Baisley. There's not much else that really stands out. They started Derek Favors last game over Roby. I mean, they've just been swapping whoever starts at center like every single game. Pogoshevsky feels too pricey coming out the bench. There's not much I'm really liking on the OKC side. On the Pacers side, this team is really hard to talk about because um, we now have Malcolm Brogdon probable. I have no idea how many minutes he's going to play. He's been out for like 14 months. Um, Isaiah Jackson is probable too. Like I just don't. I I actually have. Absolutely no idea what's going to happen in this big rotation. We have Jackson. We have Jalen Smith. We have Terry Taylor. We have Gogo Bataze. Who knows who's going to play? I literally have no idea. You also have O'Shea Brissett that'll play some four. No idea what the match going to be. So, um, you know, we'll keep an eye on the starting lineup. Probably feel the best about whoever starts. But, yeah, that's tough. Again, with Brogdon back, that's going to hurt, you know, Halliburton healed. But how many minutes is Brogdon himself going to play? So, Right now, it's just a big question mark here for the Pacers. 
Uh, but starting lineup should uh, clarify some things and whether or not, you know, Brogdon is going to be on a limit or not. Houston, Orlando. So two bad teams going up against each other, two teams that play no defense. So this game does look kind of appealing. I think Christian Wood at, at a 7.9K price um, makes for a pretty solid spend up. Should play low 30s minutes. Again, like the spot for him. I think Kevin Porter Jr. at 6.7 looks decent too. He's a guy that will stuff the stat sheet. He'll be playing the point and he's flashed some upsides. The top two guys look pretty good. As far as the rest of Houston goes, Schroeder with Kevin Porter Jr. in, I would assume moves back to the bench. It's going to be hard for me to pay that price point for him. It's kind of just all second. Some of these guys are priced up from when um, Wood and KP, uh, KPJ were out. So not much else that really stands out to me on the Houston side. Moving on to Orlando. So it's going to be Carter Jr. and Cole Anthony kind of leading this offense. Carter Jr. should play, you know, low 30s minutes. Again, really, really good matchup for him. And then Cole Anthony, he's been a little bit up and down, but we know the ceiling is there. So like his upside. And Jalen Suggs has also been getting some pretty consistent minutes of late, 35 over the last couple games. Now, sure, the last game was a blowout, but... He's obviously got him kind of stuff the stat sheet. Um, I think I feel a little bit better about Anthony as opposed to Suggs, but Suggs, Suggs is also, what, $1,000 cheaper. As far as everyone else goes in this roster, don't know if there's anything else that stands out to me. And Franz Wagner, 5'7", just feels like a neutral play. Mo Bamba's Mets are way up and down. I mean, Terrence Ross is 3'5". He probably plays around 20 Mets, but he's super short independent. So not much else for Orlando. Miami and New York, I mean, this game just looks absolutely disgusting. Two teams that play slow. We have the, the Heat that are a very solid defensive team. Miami basically fully healthy, obviously outside of Oladipo. So not much that stands out for me on the Miami side. I think Jimmy and Bam are fine plays at 8-9 and 8-4, but that's kind of it. Not really looking to any of the value plays on the Knicks side. Basically nothing that I'm interested in. We have Randall priced up, and R.J. Barrett is now back, so that kind of takes him out of play. R.J. Barrett himself. Awful, awful matchup with a lot of these secondaries, secondary players priced up. Now, what I will say is Kevin Walker's out for the season. So I would guess that Alec Burks picks up the start. If he does, I'm thinking 25 to maybe 35 minutes, somewhere in that range. So Burks would probably be the one guy to consider. You can always consider quickly too, but I mean, he can play five minutes. He can play 25 again. With Kevin Walker out of the rotation, you would think he plays more, but you just never know with with uh, the Knicks there. So, a team I'm not super interested in. Now, Philadelphia and Minnesota. So, first game here for James Harden. It's going to be interesting to see how him and Embiid work together. Um, Embiid at 11.6K price point. I like the matchup, but again, what is the usage going to be like with him and Harden? So, like, I think he's in play. But for me, more of a tournament play. I think Harden actually is a little bit easier to get to, assuming there's no limitations here at, at a 10.9K price point. I think the usage is going to be dominated between these two. And you know, the likes of like Tobias and Maxi should take a back seat, so it's going to be really hard to go there. And the value is also going to be really hard to get to as well. So mainly just Embiid and Harden I'm looking to. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit easier to get to Harden, though, assuming there's no limitations. On the Minnesota side, so it's basically my same breakdown. This team is healthy. The big three all look good for tournaments, but you never know who it's going to be. Like, it was D'Lo tonight. It could very easily be Cat tomorrow. It could be Edwards. You just don't know. Like, one of these guys, if the game stays close, is probably having a good game. But it's just, yeah, I just almost never get these guys right. I think Patrick Beverly is super, super safe. I mean, he's basically just going to get you 25 fans points every single night. He's going to play, like, 25 to 30 minutes and get you, like, 25 fans points. I think he's a really good catch game play. Uh, McDaniels, if you played him tonight, you got insanely unlucky. He was in massive, massive foul trouble. Uh, but uh, before the game tonight, where he was in massive foul trouble, 30, 37, and 30 over the last three games. So I think McDaniels is actually a value play you can consider. He does have small forward, power forward eligibility, which is nice. 
A few games left, Dallas and Utah. So I think Luka Doncic looks really good at the top. Um, I think people are still scared away, uh, scared about Utah being like a really good defensive team. They're still like a solid defensive team, but they've not been the same defensive team they've been of years past. So um, I think Luka looks great. I mean, he right now, outside of the Miami game, um, I mean, he's been averaging like 75 fancy points a game. So I think Luka looks really, really good here, even against Utah. Brunson, you know, secondary option. I'm, I'm going to stay away from Dinwiddie. Um, Reggie Bullock, a 4 7 is questionable. Keep an eye on this news. If he can't go, I would assume that's more minutes for Kleba, but he came out the bench and only played 26, which is a little bit concerning. Um, Powell's 3.8K. He'll probably start and play mid 20s minutes. He's a fair value play, but it's probably it. I mean, Josh Green started last few games without Bullock. He's like a low usage guy, so I don't know if it's necessary to go there. On the Utah side, so Donovan Mitchell's 8.7K. I think makes for a decent play. You know, he's going to play mid-30s minutes. He's going to be the high-usage player on this offense. So, I think he looks pretty good. Um, Rudy Gobert at 8.4. I think, you know, there's going to be no more limitations. Again, they kind of took it easy on his minutes the first couple games back, 22 and 28. But I think he'll be full go here and back to, like, low to mid-30s minutes, which makes him a relatively safe play. Um, secondary options, nothing really stands out here with Conley, but Donovich Clarkson. Royce O'Neal's too pricey. So, not much else here for Utah. Pelicans and Sun. So, um, the, the game before the break, they, they switched around the starting lineup. They started CJ at the point, which it's a pretty good boost to CJ McCollum, right? I think it's going to boost his assist numbers. And he's played really, really well for this team since he's joined. He's also playing massive minutes. So assuming that CJ starts at the point, it look, look, looks like they're going to continue to continue with that same starting lineup. I think he actually makes her a decent play. Does have point guard, shooting guards uh, eligibility, which is nice. Jonas Valanciunas in 7-8, more of a neutral play for me. I think we get, you know, 30 to 35 minutes from him. Ingram, kind of the same thing, 7-7. He's taken a little bit of backseat recently to McCollum. Um, now, one guy that I do want to mention here that was inserted in the starting lineup is Jackson Hayes. He only played 26 minutes last game, but he also had five fouls in that time. I think he could have played a little bit more. So, um, assuming that Jackson Hayes starts, I actually think he's a pretty good value. Like, he's been pretty good when he's been in the starting lineup. So, kind of like Hayes there, assuming that he starts. Again, Graham coming out the bench, more of just a tournament play. And Herbert Jones, you know, all-around solid defender, but definitely going to take a backseat to some of these other players on offense. So not much else that I'm looking to on the Pelican side. On the Sun side, so no surprise, once again, I really like Devin Booker. Um, just going to do everything with team. I think he had, what, 12 assists tonight? So I think he looks great without Chris Paul. He's going to play huge minutes and do a ton of the ball handling. DeAndre Ayton, for some reason, they've been keep capping his minutes at around 30 every single game, which is a little bit frustrating. So... Um, that is a little bit concerning with his minutes. As far as the wings, like, so Aaron Holiday, that was a little bit annoying. He shot like five of five, kind of bailed out the people that didn't, uh, you know, um, um, update the news. So that was uh, a little bit frustrating, but I think he is too pricey assuming that he comes off the bench. Um, Cam Johnson, assuming that he starts again, I think is a fair value. He played uh, over 30 minutes. And then Bridges uh, feels a little bit pricey. I think it's a little bit easier to get to Crowder. So Crowder, Cam Johnson, the two values I'm looking to. And then JaVel McGee, you can always get to him. He'll play the back of five and play around 15 minutes. Uh, keep an eye on campaign. I don't think campaign plays, but we'll, we'll monitor that. If campaign does play, I would assume he starts. So that would change some things. And if campaign starts, I'm going to like him. But yeah, right now I don't think campaign plays. And finally, the Clippers and Lakers. So, again, no Kawhi, no Paul George, no Norman Powell, but some of these guys have been priced up. So, Reggie Jackson, almost 8K, feels priced about right. I like the matchup for him. I think he's going to play, you know, 35 to 40 minutes in competitive game. So, he can still have upside, but he doesn't really stand out that price. Marcus Morris, 6'4", a little bit easier to get to, but his minutes have also been not as secure. He's been playing, you know, around 30 minutes, but um, I think he's definitely viable. 
Man at 5-4, we should, keyword should get around 30 minutes from him, which I think makes him a fair play. Zubach is probably the guy I like the best. If he can stay out of foul trouble, I think we had around 30 minutes from Zubach. I guess the only downside I will say with Zubach, though, is Lakers no AD. So I think the Lakers are going to be more prone to going small. And the question is, do the Clippers match, right? And if they do, I think they go either Marcus Morris or Batum at the five, and then Zubach slash Hartenstein could lose minutes. So that is my concern with, with Zubach. But if we get like 30 minutes from him, I think he's a good play. I am just a little bit worried about the minutes. I wouldn't go to Hardenstein, right? He had a massive game last game because of the blowout. Um, but yeah, likes to look Nick Batum. I think he could play a little bit at the five uh, in tomorrow's game. Again, Lakers probably going to go small. So I think Batum's an interesting value play. We might get some more minutes with Luke Kennard, who obviously is score independent, but does have a ceiling if he knocked down a shot like he did last game. Don't think I get tender enough. I mean, maybe Covington is a guy that could get some small ball five run as well. He's very, very cheap. More of a uh, large field tournament play, though, for, for Covington. On the Lakers side, so again, no AD. They do have LeBron James listed as questionable. I think he plays, but we'll keep an eye on this news. Um, if LeBron James can't go, I'm probably going to lose more money with Westbrook and then have to consider the likes, like these secondary plays of like Monk and Mello and THT, which I don't really want to do. Um, now, if LeBron James plays, I think he makes for one of the better spin-ups in the slate because he's just going to play close to 40 minutes. He doesn't have to do, every, he's have to do everything without um, Anthony Davis. I think he looks great. Westbrook at A5 with no AD. That's eh, fine. He's going to look more appealing if LeBron is out. As far as the secondary plays go, we do have Carmelo expected back. He's more of a neutral play. Malik Monk um, has kind of been uh, cold of late, but uh, we know he does have a ceiling. THT's actually been playing pretty well off the bench. He's been playing some pretty big minutes now. With Melo back, he might lose some, but I think he's a fair play at 4.5. And then keep an eye on the starting lineup here. So, they might start Dwight Howard at the flat min price. If they do, I think he's a decent value. However, I don't think his minutes are guaranteed. We have seen many games where Dwight Howard has started, only played like 10 to 15 minutes. So there's no guarantee of him playing big minutes. But like, let's just say, for example, he starts and plays like 22 minutes or something like that. Then he's going to be a pretty good value because we know Dwight's a good point for many guy. The only issue with him this, this season is just he's just they don't want to play him. So... Um, yeah, keep an eye on the starting lineup there for the Lakers, but I think that's going to wrap it up for the video today, guys. So if you have been enjoying the YouTube content, just make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Really appreciate all you guys' support, everyone coming in and checking out the videos daily. Again, cannot do this without you guys, so really appreciate everyone. Um, hope you guys have a great night, and I will see you in the next video.